on the floor, now my jewelry box froze Fuck a bowl, fuck a stove, counted millions in a cold Bad bitch, booted swole, got her on bankroll Can't fold, does a no, headshot, case closed What is up guys? This is the sh- oh shit, I oh, fucked it up fuck. Oh dude, I fucked it up fuck, But none of go. you guys took the bet, so fuck <laughs> off <laughs> What is up, guys? It's Andy Priscilla, and this is the show for the realists say goodbye to the lies, the fakeness, and delusions of modern society, and welcome to motherfucking reality. Ah, got in there. We got it. It's fine. You know what? Sometimes you're gonna stumble. That's it. (laughs) You gotta keep moving. Hey, what we got? We got Q and AF today. That's the deal. I want to remind you before we get started that we don't run ads on the show, and we don't run ads for the show. This is a straight value exchange. If it's good, share it. Talk about it. If it made you think, share it. Talk about it. If you learned something, if it made you laugh, if it gave you a new perspective, if you think it's worth sharing, help us out. If we suck, then it is what it is. Don't help us. All right? I love you guys, and I appreciate that we've been able to uh, keep this show at the top of the charts for many, many years based off the straight-up uh, value exchange deal that we do. I think it's the way to do things. I think it's the right way to do things. And uh, that's how we do it. And it only works because you guys share the good shit. So I appreciate you guys. DJ, what we got today? Hey, man, you guys know how it goes. We've got three questions for Andy. Um, As always, email your questions in, guys, to askandy at andyforsella.com. Um, but with that being said, we got uh got three questions. Let's knock them out. All right. Let's All go. Right, first question. All right. And this this is, so this question, I saw this one, it's kind of like, like I've always wondered about this, right? And I'm sure a lot of people have. What's your opinion? So do you do you believe in the saying that, you know, the customer is always right, right? Like, how do you handle disgruntled customers, right? So this this one person that sent this in, they had a bad uh, customer, had a bad experience. And even though their, their complaint was completely unfounded, mm-hmm. right, you know, they still made it right. But that customer still bad mouth the company and still does it to this day, right? Like, how do you handle disgruntled customers? Are customers always right or are they sometimes assholes? Look, man, sometimes people just are not Good people. Okay. Yeah. Sometimes people don't take into consideration the difficulty of running a business. Sometimes, you know, I saw a meme the other day that that said, uh, you know, McDonald's can mess up your order literally a thousand times your lifetime. You keep going back. But a small business owner or medium-sized business owner messes up and you make it your mission to destroy them. And I was like, damn, dude, that's so true in society these days. You know, and I think I think there's two sides, you know, there's obviously always uh, you know, two sides to the story, right? Um <clears throat> I think as a business owner, uh, you need to do what you can to make things right with customers, right? Uh, I look at people, customers who are upset with me as an opportunity. Uh, I look at it as an opportunity for dialogue, an opportunity to improve, to see where we fucked up and how we can make it better. Uh, I do not look at it as, you know, a negative thing. Um, I actually value their feedback and I use it to get better. And I think that solves 99% of the problems. If you're a business owner and you're running a company, no matter what size, and you are uh, in good faith, genuinely trying to serve the customer and you genuinely try to solve the issue that they had, take responsibility for the issue uh, and make it better, things are going to usually work out. Most of the people who complain uh, will also sing your praises when you correct the problem. So they're vocal people by nature. And so... I think understanding that and seeing the opportunity in it makes dealing uh, with these situations a little bit easier to deal with because you know that if you can do the right thing, um, they're going to do the right thing on you. And I, I found that to be the case. Um, 
very few times. In, in, I mean, has it happened? Sure. But I'm talking very, 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 very few times has a situation uh, come up that we weren't able to rectify, you know, in everything that we could do uh, to the point where we came to a good, a, a good place afterwards. Um, most people are good people. Most people understand. Most people just want to be heard and acknowledged and, and they want their problem fixed. And a big reason that people come at companies so hard is because so many companies will only respond to people that come at them that hard, right? They try to skimp on customer service, customer experience, valuing the customer in a, in a genuine way. They try to pretend all those things and spend the least amount of resources, the least amount of money. Uh, they put their lowest paid people there and they don't really give a fuck. And customers know that. You, you can know? tell that, yeah. Yeah, bro. It's yeah. like when you call the bank and you got to stay on hold for an hour and a half yeah. and you start screaming in the fucking phone. <laughs> like, bro, so that's become everybody's automatic default. Yeah. And we have to understand that as business owners that usually when people come at you really hard, they're coming at you not because of you, but because of their past experiences dealing with other companies that don't yeah. give a fuck about them. Okay? So give a fuck. And you will actually see these people when 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 you actually address it, they'll say, holy shit, dude, I can't believe you guys actually cared. Like they're blown away. Yeah. So I see it as an opportunity to, to, to do the right thing, uh, to create positive word of mouth. And, and, you know, hopefully that customer will become an advocate and you could salvage the relationship because that's what you're trying to do. Yeah. You're trying to have a relationship, not a transaction, but a relationship. For sure. um, and the other side is, yes, you're going to have people who... Dude, I, I, I honestly, man, like I, I, I have, I can't think of anybody off the top of my head that has given us a chance to correct the feedback that has still hated us afterwards. Now I'm sure there's some out there and that's why I say, I'm sure there's some out there, Yeah. but the truth is, man, um, you know, we, we had that lady that one day, remember like, like oh, we, the, the yeah, podcast we had a lady yeah. leave this really, really bad review. And um, I was a prime example. Yeah, yeah, yeah right. Yeah. And she was like, fuck you, like yeah, super yeah. fucking angry. And at the end, she was like, I want my five bucks back from your app. <laughs> so I messaged the team and I'm like, hey, guys, uh, she's pretty upset. You know, can you we track her down and give her five bucks back? Yeah. You know, and then we did. Right. And she she couldn't believe that we tracked her down off of this random podcast platform. Right. To her transaction and offered to give her the refund. And that was actually enough to open up a dialogue to mm -hmm. where there was just a miscommunication on some things. Yeah. We solved it. And she actually ended up inviting us out to her. At the end of her conversation, it was like, hey, I'm here. This is where I work. And if you're ever in town, please stop by. I'd love to meet you guys. Like, so, yeah. so I think you got to keep that in mind. You know, most people are directing their anger at you because of the shit they've dealt with mm -hmm. either that day or... Uh, over the course of being alive, right? Like how many companies can you call and get a real human on the phone right now? As soon as it answers. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. I mean, we're one of them, but yeah. I mean, there's not that many. Yeah. So of course we're going to deal, we're kind of cleaning up with everybody's shit. But if you're making a genuine effort and you make a genuine effort to solve that person's problems, nine, 9.9 .9 times out of 10, it's going to become positive for you. Uh, if you're doing it from a good place and not trying to manipulate them. Yeah. You know, so that would be my advice on how to view those things. That's awesome. That's awesome. I've always, like I said, I've always wondered about that. Cool. We're one for one right there, guys. All right. Question number two. Now, this one's a little complicated. I'm going to try to make it make sense as best as possible. The, the question basically is, at what point would you say that I'm qualified to teach and share my experiences of what I've learned? Right. So the background is 
you know, that this person, let's say they, you know, they've been on their success journey for a couple of years. Mm-hmm. They've experienced a lot of wins. They built careers for a few people and they truly believe that they reached a level where their opinion and their knowledge base is valuable. Right. Right. So, so how does, you know, and, and especially in today's area where everybody's a fucking expert on business, everybody's an expert on success and winning, and, but in your professional expert opinion, right? Like what makes somebody qualified to truly, to truly be listened to, like to truly, you know, learn from? Well, look, man, first off, I think you can learn from anybody, uh, even if it's learning what not to do. Uh, you know, the, 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 the person that's homeless on the street, you could probably learn a whole lot about how not to fuck your life up by listening to what they did. You know what I'm saying? So first of all, second of all, the, you're always going to feel unqualified to teach, right? It's just the natural order of, of how we work. There's a, there's a very common uh, psychological concept called uh, imposter syndrome that most people suffer from. And they go through when they're trying to figure out if they're qualified to actually do what they, what they think they should be doing. And you know, we all have it. I have it. Everybody has it at some level of degree and they go through, it comes and goes. And so I think the thing to remember is when you're thinking about, um, you know, teaching other people, uh, there's a lot of people out there that haven't done what you've done. And, and if you really have made money and you really have developed some success, uh, in an actual business, um, you know, you probably have some good things to offer. Yeah. The problem with the, with the whole thing is, is that we have this, we have the majority amount of these quote unquote coaches out there who have never done anything real except coach, right? <laughs> they pretend to be very knowledgeable. It's easy to repeat the shit Gary V says or what I say or what other people say. Yeah. It's easy to repeat that shit and pretend like, you, and, and you know what? If you're good enough, you could probably sound like you actually know it. But the truth is, when it comes down to the nitty gritty, those people aren't going to know what the fuck to do. Mm-hmm. And so where I'm where I have a problem is, is when people present themselves uh, as if they run a real business when their business is only coaching and all they do is collect people's money and tell them what to do. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like the guys I roll with, those guys are all real entrepreneurs, yeah. you know, and yeah, some of them have their coaching part of their business. But I like that because they're actually doing it. They're in the game. They're learning uh, things as they go with their company that they're able to then share with their people. And, you know, that's why it's important to do your due diligence when looking for a coach. Yeah. Um, and look, dude, I'm not knocking people that want to be coaches and shit. Like, like, dude, that's a cool thing, right? Like you're, you're 20 years old, 22, you want to coach people and shit. Look, motherfucker, go out and do something first. Build mm-hmm. something. Be the student for a while, because when you're the student for a while and you build something that's truly credible that everybody can see and everybody can get online and order and see how you do business, just like they do with me, I get tested every day. Hey, are you really what you say you are? And they, every day, my team backs that shit up, which I'm very thankful for. But I've built some shit and we've built some shit and my friends have built shit. And, you know, learning from someone who's just a coach who doesn't do anything else besides bringing money off their YouTube or off their coaching platform or off this. And then they're like, you know, flying around pretending like they're some sort of boss. Those are not the guys. Those are not the people to learn from, you know, and, and people figure that out, you know, uh, usually by the time people come to Arte with Ed and myself, you know, they've gone through this program or that program or this program or that program. And they're, and they're hesitant. Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, and then they find out the difference when they start learning from people who are actually operating. And dude, we're not the only ones. There's other great entrepreneurs out there teaching as well. 
Um, I feel like we're the best, but that's that's because it's me. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. It's, it's Ed, and yeah. it is what it is. That's I'm sure everybody else feels like they're the best. Yeah, you know. So, uh, but yeah, man, I think the main thing to remember here, guys, is that you know if you build something real and you've learned some real lessons, um, you know. And here's another thing: I shared my shit for free for years and years and years and years, eight, nine, ten years before I ever really got into like coaching. Yeah. Um, which I still don't even call myself a coach. I'm more just sharing my experiences. Yeah, and what hey, this is what worked for me. Right, yeah. exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, you know, put in that time to give it away for free for a little bit and build your credibility. You know, when I first started telling people, I would get a lot of pushback like, oh, what makes you qualified? Well, that's a good point. Yeah. But I'm very qualified now. Yeah. Right. That's so, right. so you got to pay your dues and you got to pay your time and, you know, you'll know when it's time. Mm. Good question. I mean, yeah. good, good question. Good answer. Two for two. All right. Finally, rule uh, question number three. Okay. Am I too old to be young in the game? Okay. No. So, so I'm I don't about even to, know how old they are. Yeah. I'm, I'm about to retire. I've been in my career for no. 30 years. No. There's no. No, no. There's no age limits today. No. And here's why. Because what used to take 20 years, it can now take two years mm. because of the te- technology difference. What, what used to take 20 years where you had to build a business to build enough capital and grind it out with no advertising and word of mouth and everything at home um, before you could ma- advertise in, in, on the radio and TV and, and on, on uh, <clears throat> billboards and shit, right? Because yeah. that was like the big, that's the big point you had before the internet. <laughs> that was the big point you had to get to. Yeah. And that took a long time, right? Yeah. Yeah. I couldn't afford to do radio. I couldn't afford to do TV. I couldn't afford to do billboards. So it took me years and years and years and years and years and years and years to build up the cash flow off of that hard grind to get to that point. Now, something happened when I got to that point. Uh, The internet came around, which was bad and good because I had already crossed the border from medium or small brand to medium brand where I could afford those things. And then the game changed. All right. But that was great because now I could actually target in and make my advertising much more effective I could key in on people who were at, I mean, what Facebook and Instagram, you say whatever you want about them, but, and Google, what they've done for small business is literally leveled the playing field and taken the 10 year gap of trying to grind it out to, and made it two years. Okay. So, and you, most of the people that are listening right now have no fucking clue how good they have it Mm. because they've grown up with this around them. Dude, this, you guys are so fucking lucky to even have the shit. And you could criticize them all you want, but you're lucky as fuck to have it because now for a small budget, you could target in on people who are qualified already to grow your brand. And if you do a great job with them, that the ability to accelerate that word of mouth out of that person is unlimited because now, and this is the second part of how lucky you are. Now a person can have a great experience with your brand and snap their fucking fingers and push a button and tell the world about it. That never used to exist. That never existed. Yeah. So think about this. Back in two, 2002, a customer came in and saw me and Chris. They had a great experience. For me to get the result on that word of mouth was a two or three year process. And I had to maintain that relationship at that level for two or three years to continue for him to keep talking or her to keep talking about how great we were. Mm. So like, dude, now you have an opportunity to hit a home run on one transaction. And you know that's a short-sighted way to see it. You should be for trying sure. to build a relationship. But you can do such a great job on the first time that these people will allow you to uh, have access to their network just because you cared about them and did a great job. And then, you know, 
the the ability to get the word out is accelerated so much, right? So what that does is that takes an opportunity for someone who might be 60 years old that can't afford to put 20 years in like it used to take and they can put two years, it completely changed their life. And at 62 years old, you still got fucking 20, 30 years of good life if you're For taking sure. care of yourself. For sure. Would you say that, that the same thing could happen on the negative side, though, too, though? Yeah. You like, could destroy you, your business just as fast. Yeah. That's the dangerous part. And that's what we see a lot of people do, yeah. right? A lot of people, they go in with that old business mindset, that transactional mindset mm-hmm. of, I'm going to get from this customer as much as I can get. And, uh, I'm not going to give them in return quite as much as I promised. Yeah. And that will ruin you and sink you as well, which, dude, we see this every day, right? Mm-hmm. Like, we see brands do this shit. People get pissed off. And, you know, that goes back to the first question, yeah, right? Yeah. Like, then now, now, now those two questions tie together. But you have to remember, they only work together if you're in good faith. Like, if you're running a company right now and you guys are sitting there scheming about how to get the most from the customer and give the least, you are going to lose no matter what the technology is. Yeah. So it's important that you operate in good faith, which is um, I provide a product or service that is designed to provide uh, a, a solution of some sort to this customer. My job is to provide that solution to such a great degree that they have no reason to go anywhere else. And if you do that genuinely, even when you piss people off, they'll be able to read between the lines and see that it was a mistake and you'll likely maintain them. Now, if you're the business that we're talking about where these guys are just trying to hustle yeah. and get one over on people, the internet will fucking destroy you before you even get out of the gates. All right. So integrity has never been more important in business than it is right now, mm. ever. That's one of the best things about the internet is it show it, it made companies transparent. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So so you have to have good faith. You have to deliver what you say you're going to deliver. You have to be about it. Whereas in back in the day, they had mail order ads, right? Like you see <laughs> these ads on TV and shit. Yeah. Still see them. But because there was no internet, you know, you could go on and let's just, you know, say skate by for a couple of years. That's right. Like you could like a big thing that used to be uh, on TV when I was a kid was Ginsu knives. All right. And a lot of people probably never heard of Ginsu, but that's because I'm old. All right. But they will show this motherfucker like cutting through bricks and shit on the commercial. And I don't know if the shit cut through bricks or not, but you better believe that motherfuckers got that and try to cut through a brick. Right. (laughs) And when it didn't, I bet you they got pissed. Hell yeah. But I bet they were still able to sell millions and millions and millions and millions and millions of knives because the word of mouth was was uh, suppressed, right? Like, I could only tell you and you and you guys here. <laughs> Don't buy that fucking yeah, knife. Yeah, hey, that <laughs> fucking knife is bullshit. <laughs> but what the internet did was it it, it it gave a checks and balances to the consumer, which we have seen the consumers start to abuse, right? With cancel yeah. culture and things like oh, that. Yeah. Um, but- you know, I think the even playing field is much better now because it forces integrity uh, where you, you used to not have to have it and you could still make money. Mm-hmm. And that's why, like, there, there's that stereotype that still exists um, in society where, you know, if you're wealthy or you made a lot of money in business, you had to have fucked people. Yeah. Because for 70 years, people did it every day. For sure. Right. And it became part of American culture where, like, the parents would come home and they'd say, look at that rich guy. He sells fucking Ginsu knives. Don't even cut through that fucking brick, right? <laughs> like, and fuck that guy. Go right. for real. And right. they tell their kids that and their kids start thinking, well, yeah, all rich people must be screwing people. Mm, and the is. internet completely changed that. Yeah. Now, are there still people out there that scam the fuck out of people? Absolutely. But those people get exposed. They get caught every single time. Their businesses never work long-term. They never become a, a, a brand, which is what you guys are all trying to build here. Right. You're not trying to build a fly-by-night bullshit. There's no value in that anyway. So, so yeah, man. 
It's awesome, man. Three for three there, man. Yeah, I'm always going to be three for three, bro. You know why? Because <laughs> you're the one that calls it. Hey. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah man. Uh, good questions. I'm, I actually like these episodes, dude. Short, sweet. Get to the point. Teach some yeah. shit. You I know, get to it, yeah. I mean, you got anything to bitch about today? Because I feel like bitching a little bit. Uh, well, I mean, fuck. I mean, I, I, everybody saw what happened in New York last night at midnight. Did that happen last night or t- is that happening tonight? No, that happened last night at midnight. Those people got fired? 70,000. Really? Yeah. I, you know, dude, I got mixed feelings on that. Yeah. Like, I, I feel like, you know, and this is going to piss a lot of people the fuck off, but like, <laughs> what's new? <laughs> you know, the thing. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the real AM, guys. <laughs> yeah. You know, dude. Listen, we tried to tell y'all, we tried to tell you to quit pushing this crazy shit. We tried to tell you to stop it when it started. Mm-hmm. We tried to tell you to, hey, wake the fuck up and stand up. And I guess, you know, it fucking sucks. It's wrong. It's yeah. not right. I feel terrible for those people. And I'm sure a lot of them did try to speak up and do things that got silenced. But, yeah. you know, at some point, guys, we're going to have to all get together uh, besides our differences and say, hey, uh, fuck all of you that are trying to do this shit. Yeah. You know, well, I just realized too, they're not done. Like the next step, me and Dot, and Dot was just talking about the next step is teachers. Now it's going to go to the teachers. No, it's going to, the next step is going to be the police. police. Yeah. And they're going to fucking replace the police officers with military people. Dude, they're, listen, this shit is scary as fuck. Yeah, it is. And people should be nervous. And well, I, 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 the only thing that makes me feel okay with where we are right now, and me personally, is that I've been sounding the motherfucking alarm for since it fucking started. And, and, you know, like I see this shit happening and I'm kind of like, you know, that emoji I always use where yeah. it's like with my hands, hands up. up. Like, yeah. guys, I, you know, I, I fucking told you, yeah. you know, and, and it's people need to band together. People need to get together. I see it happening. You know, it's I see, definitely happening. yeah, dude, yeah. I see BLM getting together with some, with some other groups. I, I'm, I'm, with I'm not a supporter of the BLM organization. Uh, as you guys know, we've talked about this, the, the ideology of the Marxists and how they take money and they give it to other people. But like I always said, the, the actual pure message of black lives matter is a good message. Sure. And I think those are the people who are upset about what's going on. It's mm-hmm. the purists who are there because they actually believe that black people shouldn't be fucking beat like by the cops and shit, yeah. which everybody believes. Nobody so I actually see this as a good opportunity. I think we're going to see some people that maybe uh, we didn't expect to unite, unite to fix this problem. And I, yeah. that's exciting to me. Yeah. You know, I think it's just interesting too, because we were also talking about this uh, before we got hot, but you know, just understanding that there, there are countless of ways that you can be involved or stand up to the man, right? Like there's numerous of ways you talk about it all the time. You can go to your, your civic meetings, you can go to school board meetings, but you can also simply walk into a business that has signs posted everywhere and yeah. simply not do what those signs are telling you to do. That's it. You know, like we were, we were just it's in LA. civil disobedience. Yeah. And, and people don't understand what that means. That means civil disobedience. That doesn't mean violence. Yeah. It means civil disobedience. Yeah. yeah. We, were, okay? we were just in it's, LA. It's no different than when, when uh, black citizens of this country used to go and sit at the counter that was mm-hmm. only for whites. Yeah. It's no different. Yeah. And, you know, that's that's how this shit has to be handled. Mass civil disobedience, mass not compliance. It's the only thing that'll fix it. It's what I've been saying for two fucking years. And hopefully everybody will figure it the fuck out. Uh, otherwise, we can look forward to being like Australia. Yeah. Oh, fuck. So that's a whole nother podcast. Yeah. No shit. <laughs> well, hey, guys, that's the show. I got to go to uh, our board meeting here. I'm already a little late for it. Uh, 21 minutes late to be exact, but I wanted to crank this show out for you guys. I appreciate you guys. I love you guys. Uh, Share the show, pay the fee, 
and I'll see you next time. Yeah. Went from sleeping on the floor, now my jewelry box froze. Fuck a bowl, fuck a stove, counted millions in the cold. Bad bitch, booted swole, got her on bankroll. Can't fold, does a no, headshot, case closed.